So the last group of insects that we are going to cover is going to be the occasional invaders. And the occasional invaders, again, when you look at that pest list, you're going to see a big diversity. And so what are some of the things that you can group together, compare and contrast, and what do you need to know about the occasional invaders? We're going to discuss it right now. My name is Sylvia Kenmere, and this is another episode of Ace the Ace. And so this is very timely. Uh, this episode is being recorded in the winter months, and a lot of the country is being hit by some really severe storms. And when you have big weather events, whether it's warm-ups or whether it's dry conditions or whether you have a lot of snow, uh, we will find that there are um, times that we will have pests being uh, you know, hiding from the bat outside to some nice indoors. And so occasional invaders, a couple of things that they have in common is that they are normally found outdoors, okay? They normally will be found outdoors. They invade homes temporarily, okay? So they're coming in because they're overwintering, sheltering. They're looking for food and water. They accidentally wander because somebody has left a door open or a broken screen or a garage door. And then they're sheltering from these extreme elements of drought, heat, cold, and rain. They pose a challenge for pest management professionals because they aren't found very often. And so when you do find them, sometimes it's like, what is that? And so identification becomes a little bit more challenging because we don't always run into them. And in some of these guys on here, you're going to go, oh, I know what that is. Uh, but some of them you might have to actually take a moment to be able to study and look at. And so looking at the list, um, the First few that, again, the first five are ones that you should know. But again, be familiar with this particular list. There's not a lot that you have to know about them. Uh, the book, actually, the IPM for the Urban Professional, actually does a pretty good job uh, for all of these. So if you're following along, you're probably getting the right information. If you're not, you can go to the MPMA field guide and they will also have information. You're just probably overlooking some, you know, there's probably a lot more information on there than you would normally need. All right. And so the uh, first one we're going to talk about is going to be springtails. And springtails are in the order Columbula. And they are unique because they have a couple of structures that other insects do not have. They're very primitive, actually. And so the one structure they have is called a colophore, which is, found, which is not found in any other orders. And the colophore actually helps them take up water. And so that's what that structure does. The other structure they have is at the end of their abdomen, they have this like little springboard organ, so to speak. It's called a furcula. And the furcula actually helps the springtail spring and jump. And so that's something a little bit um, unique to them. And they can actually jump as far as three to four inches. Okay, so that's pretty far. The springtails uh, are common indoor invaders. Usually they're coming under doors, under windows, under small uh, cracks. Uh, sometimes we see them in sinks. 
And sometimes that's because they're either coming through the water for a water break or again, you because they like those moist areas, they can be coming in. Uh, so take a look at what are those conditions that they like to thrive in. Again, look at those unique structures that they have and be familiar with uh, springtails. The next pest that we'll look at, or the next occasional invader, is going to be some of the soil dwellers. And so the first one is the earwigs. Um, I like earwigs because um, there's a lot of folklore with them. I find that people think that they have seen too much Star Trek and that these guys will go crawl in people's ears and bore holes in their head. It's uh, kind of crazy, but you know they've got pinchers, and so that's something that will make people a little nervous because they can pinch skin. Uh, most of them feed on soft plant materials while others are predators of insects. So there are different kinds of earwigs. And again, they have that pair of Circe at the tip of the abdomen. And so these guys are commonly uh, invading structures. I have found them in the most bizarre places. Sometimes I'm wondering how the heck do these guys get in, but they're um, very good at, at moving around. Other insects that you should be familiar with are the true bugs or the hemipterans. And so several of them are considered occasional invaders. You have one big group called the stink bugs. And the most significant one in the last five or six years is the brown marmorated stink bug. And for, you know, they have definitely made their way from coast to coast. Uh, these bugs do have an odor with them in large numbers. They overwinter. And so brown marmorated stink bug is one that you should be familiar with. Okay. Box elder bugs are another one. And certain times of the years in certain parts of the country, you know, you can go and have no bugs on these trees. And the next day there'll be thousands of them. And so uh, they're red in color, which sometimes, you know, is a warning color for things not to eat it. But sometimes people see that coloration and they get freaked out. And so um, be familiar with box elder bugs and, and be familiar with, um, you know, some of the other ones that they mention here is the Western conifer sea bug. So there's a lot of, of different ones out there, but on this list, there's only two or three. So that's not too bad. There are a group of beetles that are occasional invaders. And the three beetles that they mention in the occasional invader group is going to be the multicolored Asian lady beetle, which, uh, so we don't call them ladybugs, right? And uh, so there's that one, which will overwinter in these really large numbers. There is the ground beetles, which are the carabid beetles, okay? And those are black beetles that will get indoors. And then there is the elm leaf beetle, okay? And so that one can be quite abundant on elm leaf trees, okay? And so again, these guys aren't causing structural damage, although the Asian lady beetle can overwinter in structures and have so many that they, people can actually have an allergenic reaction to the uh, amount of beetles that are there. They can actually have, um, they have an odor associated with them. So people can actually um, you know, be offended by the odor. And so that's something that can happen. Uh, but be familiar with these, the small group. It's not a whole lot, just uh, three or four of them, okay? The next group is the crickets. And so there are three crickets that you need to be familiar with, okay? And uh, basically with the crickets, 
they are the house cricket, the field cricket, and the camel cricket. So the house cricket gets their common name because they actually can form permanent residence inside a house. Okay, and we said that they normally are found outside, but then they come inside. But these guys can actually stay inside. And so these guys are the feeder ones. Sometimes they're sold in pet stores. So you see them there. They're attracted to uh, windows and I mean lights. And so that's important. So window lights and porches, that's something that they would like. And then once they get inside and it's warm and there's food and shelter in there, then they actually can set up residency. And most of the time people don't like house crickets because they chirp. And so, and they can also damage clothing and, and even carpeting with their chewing mouth parts. All right. Field crickets are a little bit bigger. Their front wings are always shorter than their hind wings. Okay, so that's a little bit different. Like house crickets, they're also attracted to lights. And during the summer and early fall, you can have great numbers of these guys where they're all over the place. And unlike the house cricket, they are unable to survive long-term in an indoor environment. So there's a compare and contrast. Which one of these guys would be better indoors? Well, be the house cricket, right? The last cricket that they talk about is a camel cricket. And they get that name because if you saw the side profile, they've got this like rounded uh, thorax. And so it looks like they got a hump. And unlike house and field crickets, uh, adult camel crickets have no wings and they do not chirp, okay? And they are found typically in the cooler locations of a structure like basements and garages and sewers. They feed on a variety of things. And so again, I the exam loves compare and contrast. So just kind of take a few notes on all of those. Make sure you can tell the difference between them and you'll be all set. But those are the three crickets that you may be responsible for. There is also the sow bugs and the pill bugs. And while they have the word bug in their name, they are terrestrial crustaceans, okay? So they're more closely related to crabs and shrimp. They really are not bugs. Um, both of them are considered isopods, the order isop isopoda, okay? And so um, they're a completely different, uh, different animal there, okay? And so pill bugs are generally known as the roly-polies, okay? And that's because they can actually roll in a ball. The sow bugs uh, are a little bit thicker and they are not able to roll in a ball. And in fact, they have a tail-like appendage that projects from the tail end of their bodies, okay? And so uh, both of these guys uh, feed on decaying organic matter, uh, but often they can be the food source for some of our other pests like spiders, okay? And that's what we find uh, with these two guys. So again, um, just be familiar um, with those guys. Uh, that'll be helpful for you in case you get any questions on the exam. 
There is a landscape, a couple of landscape pests on your list, um, but the one that the book features are thrips. Thrips are in another insect order, Thysanoptera, but you don't have to know that one, okay? They are really interesting because they uh, do a few things differently than other insects. One thing is that they reproduce uh, via parthenogenesis, which means they do not need a male for fertilization. Some of uh, the adults are wingless. And then their mouth parts are unique. They actually have a rasping, sucking mouth part. And so they take the leaves and they sort of scrape them and then they suck it up the fluids from the plants. Now, they're not commonly found indoors, but they can be outside. And a lot of times what happens is people will sit under a tree that have thrips and then they'll sort of hitchhike in or if they've got clothes outside or things outside that pick them up, they bring them indoors. They are capable of causing a mild and a little irritating bite on the skin. All right, and so that can happen. And so people are like, gosh, I think that thing just bit me. And it's very possible that they could have done that. Now, the millipedes and the centipedes, while we talked about centipedes in the stinging um, in, you know, group, this here uh, is important to make sure that you know the difference between a millipede and a centipede. So centipedes have two legs per body segment or one pair of legs per body segment. Millipedes have four legs per body segment or two pairs, okay? So it's basically the same math, just sometimes it's worded one way and sometimes it's worded the other. Uh, the millipedes are herbivores, okay? So they're eating plant materials where the centipedes are predators, okay? They're feeding on insects and other things that are uh, alive. And then the millipedes can be present in very large numbers, and this is something that um, we see in some parts of the country where there'll be thousands of millipedes. And then centipedes are less abundant, and that happens with predators. You know, they uh, tend to be less in num numerous, okay? And so there's maybe less centipedes out there. But um, know the difference, compare and contrast the two, okay? That'll be important. And they're also completely different um, orders. They're not insects. Then last but not least, we're gonna talk about the aquatic insects. And the reason they include them in occasional invaders because occasionally, if people are living by water bodies, they can run into these groups. Now, there are three main uh, insect orders that you should be familiar with. Now, you don't have to know the insect order name, but you should be familiar with these three aquatic insects. And that is going to be the mayflies, the stoneflies, and the caddisflies. And they are not flies, they are not in diptera. Each of them are in their own insect order. And, uh, but they do fly, they have wings, okay? And so the first group uh, is the mayflies, and these are in the insect order Ephemeroptera, but you don't, again, have to know those insect orders. And the adults will emerge in these large numbers from lakes. Their exoskeletons may be allergenic to some people, and so people will actually breed them because they're these huge 
swarms of mayflies. They're all like mating and they um, are unique because they're short lived. They only live for a day and only to mate and then they die. And so there's these large numbers and so people can breathe them in and they can have an allergenic reaction. So that's one thing. And also, you know, if you're driving and all of a sudden you're driving through a mayfly swarm, uh, you could have an accident. Stoneflies are another aquatic insect. They're in the insect order Plecoptera. And this refers to their wings. Their wings are, have a lot of really heavy veins when you look at them. They also may emerge in these large swarms from um, lakes or water bodies. Their adults are actually uh, attracted to light. So if there's lighting, they will swarm to the light. And you, again, just be familiar with them because uh, they are only short-lived for a few days, but because they can um, feed on a variety of things, they live longer, so they can feed on pollen and plant material. Uh, they, uh, some, some of them t don't even feed because they live so short. Uh, but again, these guys can also be a nuisance. Caddisflies is the last group. And so caddisflies are in Trichoptera. They have, uh, trico means hairy, and so they've got these little tiny hairs all over their bodies. And uh, these guys here may, again, may emerge in these swarms. Uh, people can be have an allergenic reaction to the exoskeletons. And, you know, if you're a fisherman and you're learning how to tie all of these fly uh, lures, right, or these flies when you're fly fishermen, um, one thing that's interesting about the aquatic insects is that they have a different kind of nymphal stage, okay? And so the nymphs, of, especially for these group here, are called naiads. And so they're not called nymphs. So you have an egg, a naiad, and an adult. And naiads are aquatic, okay? So they have to be in water. Uh, normally, they're harmless. They're usually food source for a lot of fish out there. And so, um, again, the aquatic insects can be important uh, because, you know, if you're in these areas where there's a lot of water, you will find, um, you can find them to be a nuisance. And then, you know, there are other pests that may be considered occasional invaders that are not included here. Certainly, uh, there are some pests, you know, in certain areas that you're like, why didn't they mention these? Like cone nose bugs or bat bugs or, you know, there's other, there's other things like scorpion. You know, we've, we've sort of covered some of them here, you know, and then we've covered a lot of them uh, in other segments. Uh, but when we look at this list here, these are going to be the guys that you're not, you know, most of us don't have a camel cricket protocol, right? We have cockroach protocols, but we don't have it for camel crickets. So um, this group here is one of the last groups that you'll have to um, look at when you're putting it all together. And like I said, the ESA uh, study list is available online on the website. So take a look at that. Make sure you're familiar with all of those guys. And again, some of them are, are repeated in other chapters. And with that, that ends our last um, episode with the uh, insects.